Thanks so much, Steve. It's uh, so good to be here with you guys. I'll just uh, let Charlie maybe introduce himself really quick if he wants to. Hey, good morning. Good to be here with you all. It's been, I think, a, well, probably about five, six months I was here uh, before, and our baby was just born, so here she is with us today, so glad to be with you guys. Uh, so yeah, as I was said, my name is Charlie, and uh, what a blessing to be with you guys. Um, my wife's name is Dara. You got to see her lead us in worship, and uh, you know, she's proof that miracles exist uh, can you believe she's she's with me for now? It's like almost six years. So uh, the very first thing when I met her, I first thing I said, I don't know who does this. I looked, wow, you have tiny feet. <laughs> Why would I say that? And still she's with me to this day. So what a miracle that is. So yeah, uh, well, I'm excited for this what morning. What a pickup line has to Jeez. speak. So uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, like Steve said, we're going to be uh, sharing with you some practical tips and tips to tips and tricks about sharing your faith with others, but uh, we just wanted to start off by hitting on why, like, why are we supposed to be doing this? And as we all know, Jesus commanded it, that Jesus gave to all of us at, at the end of his, at the end of the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do, do everything that I have commanded you to do. And it's not just uh, kind of a thing that Jesus told us to do. We know that, that eternities are at stake. In Romans chapter 10, we hear Paul say that how are people supposed to believe unless someone tells them? We have, they have to hear by, by someone telling them. And so today we're going to be talking about the who and the how, but we, we just wanted to start with that why, because Jesus commands it. So I think there's a question that automatically comes into our minds when we start talking about evangelism and sharing Jesus with other people. And uh, a common misconception is, well, wouldn't I want to leave evangelism to the evangelists and the missionaries? They're, they're better at it. I should leave it to them. And, um, you know, there's a really incredible story. This one time I was sitting in this hotel in the Florida Keys when I was on vacation with my family, reading my Bible in the hallway. And I noticed this lady, she walked up to me, her name was Maria, she introduced herself, and I introduced myself, hey, I'm Charlie, and it so happened that she was the cleaning lady, she was going from room to room to room just to empty the trash and clean the rooms, and uh, she said, hey, I see, she's pointing out the, my Bible, like, Biblia, Biblia, she couldn't speak any English, and I couldn't speak any Spanish, so I pulled out my phone, and we started using Google Translate, I'd speak into my phone, and something else would come out, and she would speak into my phone, and in English would come out the other side. It was pretty exciting. And uh, we just started having a little conversation. And I said, hey, you know, um, I've, uh, it seems like you must know Jesus. You're asking me about my Bible. She said, yeah, I do know Jesus. I said, that's awesome. Um, I want to just tell you, thanks for shining Jesus brightly in this place. I've noticed a lot of spiritual darkness and heaviness with all the people I'm seeing around, just sin rampant. And uh, thanks for shining Jesus in such a dark place. And I'm saying that through the phone. And she said, wow, thank you so much. You're welcome. And um, I said, is it okay if I pray for you? She said, yeah, that'd be great. So I put my phone away. I didn't even use the phone. And I pray over her in English so she can't understand what I'm saying. And just praying, Lord, would you use her, grip her heart, and, and shine through her in this community. And some whatever I'd prayed, I don't remember all the prayer. Uh, then she spoke into my phone after I finished praying. And she tears are pouring down her face. And she said, I'm going to share Jesus with the entire hotel staff today. I said, well, <laughs> praise God, yes. I, like, I would never 
have been able to share Jesus with all of those people. Not mm. a chance, but she would have been able to. Uh, those were the people she was connected with on her daily basis, everywhere she stepped foot. She had relationships with them. She was connected to them. She had the ability to share with them. And the scriptures actually reflect this reality. In Acts chapter 8, it says this. Uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it says, A great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all of those believers were scattered except the apostles. So the church leadership they weren't scattered. They were still together. A couple of verses later in verse 4, Acts chapter 8, verse 4, it says, Now those who were scattered preached the word wherever they went. So that's the everyday person, the common person, not a church leader, not a seminary graduate, not a synagogue leader. I mean, that was the everyday person just going to the business place, just going to school. The everyday person preaching about Jesus everywhere they stepped foot. And so, all of us, God is calling. Every single one of you has a role to play in God's kingdom advancing. And um, today we're going to dig in, like Nathan said, into, okay, so if that's, that's the vision that Jesus has for us, let's get into the how. We often say, how, how do we do this? So, today we want to share some practical tips on how do we do this, and uh, later on we're going to have an opportunity to respond in prayer for those God's putting on our heart and opportunity to commit to say, I'm all in for Jesus and his mission. And uh, so let's, let's see what the Lord says to us today. Yeah. So if you're anything like me, you probably grew up in church hearing, yeah, you're supposed to share your, the, the gospel with others, but you may have, whenever that sermon got preached on Sunday morning, maybe you got filled with fear or timidity, or you're like, there's no way that I could possibly share Jesus with someone else. Anybody else out there like me? Yeah, absolutely. It's not easy. It's really, really hard. But here's uh, one of the teachings that totally flipped, turned my life upside down, and it's taking a note out of Jesus's book, or Jesus's, Jesus's life, and uh, we see it on display in Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verse 10, or actually beginning in verse 9, it says this, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting in his tax booth, and he said to him, follow me, and he rose and followed him. And as Jesus was reclining at the table in his house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. In these two short verses, we see three really, really important things that Jesus does, and it was actually on display in this video that we just watched. The first thing that Jesus does is he sees people. He, uh, Matthew would have probably been invisible. Uh, we, we've heard time and time again that tax collectors were traitors. They, they were against the people. But Jesus didn't ignore Matthew like so many others did, probably. Jesus saw him. He, he, he chose to see him. He opened his eyes. And, man, praise the Lord, by the way. Isn't it nice to have a baby crying in church? Like, we've gone so long without that. So praise the Lord that, like, that's happening. Anyway, <laughs> So, she's excited for evangelism. Yeah. That's why she's screaming right yeah, now. Yeah, there we go. All right, so the first thing that, that Jesus does is he sees people. I mean, how many of us have felt invisible like nobody sees us? Oh, praise the Lord when someone sees us. I remember sitting at lunch tables in high school alone just thinking in my mind, please, somebody see me. I, I hope that we can become people who see others, see those invisible people. The second thing that Jesus does is he stops. 
He, he doesn't just take note of Matthew standing there in his tax collector's booth, but he stops. He, he takes time. I mean, we have busy schedules, all of us, right? We all have a place to be. Us Americans, we love get from A to B, get from A to B, especially types like me, task-oriented people. Stop. Take note. Stop. And then the third thing he does is he has a meal with Matthew. He spends time with him. It's time up close. Charlie and I have watched this happen time and time and time again. It's time up close with people that really, you start to see real transformation in their life. Our, our friend Mariamu, who's the missionary to the Hods Bay people, she, her life was impacted by watching our lives be up close with Jesus. It wasn't necessarily anything overt. I mean, it was the Holy Spirit, but it was just doing life together. Spending time makes all the difference. Just the other, last week on Friday, not two days ago, but nine days ago, uh, we decided to have a little extended time of hanging out with the youth group, the Frenzy Kids, after Friday night. And uh, so we decided to go to Arby's, and we were going to drive through and then come back and just eat our Arby's here. And while we were there, I, I took note of a man uh, who was digging through the trash. And I was like, well, that's strange, but... We have to get back. There's kids meeting us here. We don't have time to deal with this right now. But I felt like the Spirit of the Lord was like, hey, stop. So uh, I rolled down my window, and I was like, hey, man, could I buy you dinner? And he's like, hey, that would be great. And I was like, hey, by the way, what's your name? My name's Castle. I was like, oh, that's a cool name. What do you want, what do you want to eat? He's like, I want this. So we drove through the drive-thru, and then we uh, met up with him on the other side and gave him his food. And I'm like, hey, man what do you think about Jesus? I don't know if ever, every opportunity is like that where you can just drop the name of Jesus, but I was like, I just got to drop the name of Jesus. What do you think about Jesus? Well, you know, I don't know. And he goes on to explain that he like actually worships Satan stuff. And it's a really interesting conversation. And I was like, well, you know, I think that Jesus is even more powerful than Satan and, and that he wants to save your life. And uh, all you got to do is, is just say, I want to follow you, Jesus. And he's like, yeah, okay. Uh, and I, I just felt like the Lord was saying, tell him that even the worst sinner can be saved. I was like, even the worst sinner can be saved. Like, I was like, I think that Hitler, even if he had repented, Jesus would have saved him. And he's like, man, that's something interesting to think about. And I was like, well, okay, man. I hope you have a great night. We love you. And we prayed for him and drove away. And I don't know what happened to him. But anyway, like, it, sometimes it's just a matter of taking the time to see somebody stop and just spend a little time hanging out with them. And as we're seeing and stopping and spending time with people, what is it that we share? What is it that we speak? Uh, Nathan had mentioned earlier Romans 10. It's important that we speak evangelism. You can't do evangelism just by action. We believe as, as Christians it's absolutely, utterly important to love people in action. We have to love people in action. Jesus commanded us to love people in action. But evangelism by definition is proclamation we, we we have to use our mouths so what is it that we're speaking to people what is it that we say to them uh i i think of it like fishing jesus called his disciples he said come follow me and i'll make you fishers of men so what is our net or what is our hook that we're throwing out to see if people are going to grab a hold of it what what is that um nathan and i really love uh using our transformation stories our testimonies what jesus has done in our very own lives. Now, there's two scriptures that come to my mind when we talk about that. The first one is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. It says that Satan has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So those who don't know Jesus, Satan has blinded them. 
But Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says that Christians overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Isn't that interesting? And then I, the next verse is kind of radical. It says, and they did not love their lives even unto death. So they're willing to put other people in Jesus and his mission first, uh, but by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So we always think, man, it's powerful to share what Jesus is doing in our own lives and the basic gospel message. So how do we do that? If you're taking notes or you're thinking about it, number one, we start off by saying, basically, what was the negative things in our life? What was the difficulty in our life? What misconceptions did we have about God? What was our life like before we encountered Jesus? Now, that could be before we ever met him, if it was later in life, or it could be if we grew up in church, a moment when we encountered Jesus. Because if you're like me, I gave my life to Christ when I was five years old. So I can't really tell you the extreme negativity of my life when I was four years old. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, but I can tell you times later in life when I had extreme difficulties, when I was full of fear, or when I was in a struggle, and then I reached out to Jesus and he transformed me and did something powerful. That, that's why I like to call it a transformation story. So we start off, number one, what was bad? What was negative? What was difficult? What misconceptions did we have about God? Essentially just what was life like before encountering Jesus? Secondly, how did we encounter Jesus and what changed? What, what did the transformation look like? So it might be, well, somebody told me that, that Jesus is really alive. We can really spend time with him. And so I decided to try it out. I, I started praying. I started reading the scripture. And then Jesus showed up. He gave me so much incredible peace. It flooded my heart. Everything was different after that. What is the moment that transformed you? And how did that happen? And then thirdly, we share the basic gospel message. Something like, hey, this was possible in my life because Jesus died on the cross for our sins, which have separated us from the presence of God. And he rose from the dead, which means he's still alive today, ready for relationship with us. It's that simple. So let me just review that. And number one, what was our life like before encountering Jesus? Number two, how did we encounter him and how did he transform us? And number three, the basic gospel message. And I always like to end with a question, something like, Hey, are, are you interested in this? Or, you know, Jesus could do this in your life too. Is that something you want? Because then it, it poses it back to them. And That question part is the hardest part. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> not easy, but worth it. Uh, just last week, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings, and we we're trying to build a bridge with the waitress, like Nathan was talking about, seeing, stopping, spending time with. And, hey, what's your name? And how are you doing? Hey, we're going to be praying for our meals or anything we can pray for for you. And uh, just talking with her, trying to love her. And then I, I just felt compelled. I got to share with her. Even in this season, God's been just burning in my heart. I got to share with more people, more people. And uh, so I said, hey, uh, you know what? In my life, I just wanted to tell you, uh, I used to think I would find so much satisfaction and purpose and a good job and a lot of money. And I, I was kind of all about myself. And, and then someone told me that Jesus is still alive and I can still spend time with him. So I started praying. I started reading my Bible and and he started like changing me. It's crazy. He gave me all this joy and purpose and peace and satisfaction that was far beyond anything I could ever dream of. He could do that in your life too. Did you know that? I, I urge you to consider that. And she was so fascinated. She said, that's really interesting. And, and God began to move in that waitress's heart just by seeing, stopping, spending time with, and then saying, hey, let, let me share with you my testimony, my transformation story, and this basic gospel message. And there's just one thing I want to say on that, right? 
Like, how long did it take you to share your transformation story? Yeah, it probably took like two minutes, just what I shared with you guys. So uh, I think people are busy these days, like Nathan mentioned, and so it's better to start small. It's like fishing, you know? Let's throw the net out, let's throw the hook out, and let's see if they grab it. If they don't, okay, we've done our job. If they do, praise God, maybe there's more to happen here. And uh, then we can expand and share more details, answer questions. Uh, I, I think one, one thing that... I was thinking about recently, it could be something like you're with somebody at a restaurant or somebody at a bus stop or someone in the workplace like, hey, did you know the one true living God just loves you so incredibly much? Isn't that amazing? And see how people respond. Jesus loves you so much. Maybe maybe they'll say, really? And then all of a sudden you can talk more or maybe they're like, oh, who cares? And they're not really interested. Okay, move on. Uh, it could be that simple. Right. Absolutely. And one of the things that we've discovered is we have to give people a choice. It's not enough to just be like, hey, God bless, Jesus loves you. That's a good message. Like, it's, it's an important message, but, I, and I don't mean to push anybody's buttons, but it's not enough. We have to say, is that something you're interested in? Do you want to start a relationship with him? Because uh, I, they say, you know, the, the road to hell is path, paved with good intentions. Like, it's a good intention to just share the love of Jesus with somebody, but we have to drive people towards a decision. It's the most, as we all know, sitting in this room today, it's the most important decision that anybody could possibly make. We can focus on these 70 years and whether or not we're embarrassed or, or people look at us funny in these 70 years, or we can think about the eternity that comes afterwards. Uh, I was just watching Dirty Jobs last night on uh, Discovery Plus. Love that. Anyway, uh, he was helping out a metal smelting factory where they make steel. And I was just like, he's like, everything in this place burns you. Like, he's like helping like put things together and put things in the metal melting pot and taking things apart and blah, 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 blah. He's like, everything burns you, even through these like really massive gloves. And I'm like, that's what hell's going to be like. Everything's going to burn you. It's going to be really awful. Like, I can't imagine that we'd worse wish that kind of thing even on our worst enemy eternal consequences at stake and meanwhile we come to church on sunday mornings and we're like feed me and then we become spiritually obese we're blessed but have we become a blessing to others yeah you can tell uh how much or how if, it, if someone really believes in the reality of hell by how much they share their faith with the lost right really important. Oh, oh, and driving people towards that decision is as simple as just asking that simple question. Hey, is this, is this something you're interested in? Like, you don't have to be like, pray right now. <laughs> no, it's not necessary. Like, but hey, is this something you're interested in? Do you want to choose Jesus? He wants you. Do you want him? It's really, really hard. I've tried it so hard, but worth it. It is worth it. Uh, it reminds me of the quote of the well-known missionary, Jim Elliott, who's a martyr, South American tribes, I speared him to death. He has this quote that says, I want my life to be like a fork in the road that anyone who encounters me, they have to decide yes or no to Jesus. I mean, that was the kind of life he determined to live. I mean, it's a prayer I have often. Lord, I want to be that kind of person. I want people to have to say yes or no to you whenever they encounter me. Um, we were in East Africa. As you know, Nathan and I travel quite a bit, um, preaching here and worldwide. And uh, there's this woman, Adija, and she had heard our message. She knew what we were about. She heard of Jesus. We had shared with her. And so one night I was sitting around uh, just near the hut, 
and said, hey, Hadija, so what are you thinking about Jesus? She said, oh, well, maybe one day I'll follow him. I, I like it, but I think one day I'll believe in him. Could have said, praise God. I hope you do one day walk away, day over. But I was like, no, there's got to be more. So I said, well, hey, I don't, if you don't mind me asking, why are you waiting? What, what are you waiting for? What's stopping you? And you know what she said? You know what? You're right. Why am I waiting? Let's pray right now. I'll give my life to Christ. <laughs> I mean, could you, we, I could have waited, and she maybe never would have. She would have delayed, delayed, delayed. Who knows what would happen in her life? But just a simple question caused her to say, you're right. Why am I waiting? There's no reason to wait. No reason to wait. Bringing them to, to that point of decision to seal the deal. Something Jesus did, too. Hey, hey, Andrew and Simon and, and, and Peter and James and John, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. They had to decide right there. Are we going to follow or are we going to say no? And immediately they left their nets and followed Jesus, it says. Uh, other times, there's three guys that Jesus encountered. Hey, if you want to follow me? And he said, well, Lord, I'll, I'll follow you, but first, let me say goodbye to my family. Jesus said to another guy, follow me. Lord, I'll follow you. It's in Luke 9. But, but first, let me go bury my father. All these things. Jesus was giving them an opportunity, a, a crisis moment, a decision to make. And often it was every time Jesus called out people in the scriptures, it was a public decision, a public decision. In fact, John 12, 42, I find just this fascinating verse it says many of the authorities believed in jesus but they would not confess him publicly because they were afraid of being put out of the synagogue oh man i don't that's i don't i wonder i don't think if that's really saving faith why romans 10 9 if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved so whenever we're with someone, let's say, praise God, they say, you know what? Yes, why am I waiting? I want to give my life to Christ. Now what? Hmm. Okay, great. Amen. Have a great day. <laughs> See, no, we could say right then and there, that's awesome. Let's pray together. Would you mind praying out loud in your own words, something along the lines of, Jesus, I want to follow you. I, I realize that You've died for my sins on the cross. You've, you've risen from the dead. I believe that. I want to give you my life. Would, would you just pray that, something like that, in your own words out loud right here, right now? Pray with them. Let them pray out loud. I've done that with people, and just in the, the last three months, I've been so realized in the conviction of this truth. Confess with your mouth. With your mouth is not. No, it's Jesus. I want to follow you. With your mouth. Your mouth is not in. I don't think there's a mouth inside my heart. I don't know if there is. <laughs> I don't think so. No, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I, we were in East Africa in January. I was with one young guy, and he said, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. I said, great. Why don't you do this right now? And he would not. He was unwilling. Was, no, 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 no. But then I did it with another guy, and he said, yeah, I will. Okay, Jesus, I want to follow you. Thank you for dying for my sin. Drastic difference. And then John 12 came to my mind. I said, wow. That's interesting. So it can be as simple as, hey, they say, yes, I want to give my life to Christ. Then pray with them right there. Encourage them to pray out loud and say, Jesus, I really want to follow you. And then if you have the chance, we don't always have the chance to do this. But if there's somebody that lives nearby you, I encourage you, why don't you try meeting with them weekly? Invite them into your church. Hmm. Go, go open the scriptures. Get coffee with them once a week and just say, hey, let's see what Jesus is all about and how we can obey him. Uh, and getting into the, I'd recommend starting with the book of Mark maybe. Yep. Um, so that's, that's a, what does it look like to 
provide an opportunity for them to make a choice, and then what if they say yes? Right. And what if they do say yes? But at the same time, I think many of us are also worried to share our faith or to share our testimony with others because what if they say no? Am I a failure? I, like, I know for a long time I felt like a complete failure because I would share my faith and very few people, if any, would actually believe. Like, it took me, like, a couple years into ministry to actually see someone decide to follow Jesus. Anyway, the, 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 the key here is I don't think it's failure if someone else decides not to believe. I think the failure is if we decide not to share. So if you decide to share... I consider it a success no matter what. And of course, of course, of course, we want people to believe. But at the end of the day, your responsibility to, is to share. It's God's responsibility to save somebody. Their responsibility to respond to him. So, are you willing to fail? Like that story of Castle. Ugh, I don't, I, maybe people would look at that and say, well, that's a failure, Nathan. Like he decided not to believe. He's still probably worshiping Satan. Yeah, maybe, but... At least he knows that Jesus loves him. At least he knows that Jesus is more powerful and that if we follow him, our lives can be transformed. I, I think that's where the success lies in deciding that I'm going to share and not hold it in. Amen. And uh, if someone says no, what do you do with that person? If it's a stranger, it's one thing. You may never see them again. But what if it's someone at your workplace or someone in your family, extended family? What do you, what do, you do with that person? I would say continue to love them in action, continue to pray for them all the time, and continue to make spiritual statements or come up with new transformation stories of something God did maybe last week or last month and just say, hey, man, it was awesome. I was praying this week and God did this, and they may not care, but eventually maybe it'll keep prying open their heart, planting those seeds, watering those seeds, planting those seeds, watering those seeds. Make spiritual statements all the time. Man, God just spoke to me this morning. I was reading the Bible and just, just gave me a lot of peace today in the midst of what's going on in our world. You can make statements like that. Right, and I think that those spiritual statements, so many people come up to me and say, well, it's, it's against the rules for me to share about Jesus at my workplace. Okay, well, maybe just peppering in spiritual statements like that can be an inroads. Like, hey, you know, my wife and I, we were praying and we just sensed the Spirit of the Lord telling us to do this. Like, I... I don't consider that very antagonistic. That's really all about me and what's going on in my life. Or, yeah, we're really worried about this thing, so we've been praying a lot about it, and here's what God's been doing. So just peppering in those little tiny spiritual statements can be a way without, like, proselytizing. Same with your transformation story. Well, I was just telling you what happened in my life. That's, yeah. that's it. Um, if someone says no, the second thing is, Keep sharing with new people until someone says yes. Don't give up. Don't give up. Well, they said no. I guess I've done my job. I, I shared with my two people. I've done my job. No, keep sharing. Acts 8, 4. They preached the word everywhere they went. So just think about being Jesus people, proclaiming Jesus everywhere you step foot. Everyone you meet. Is there some way you can show Jesus or share Jesus with them? Yeah. Um, key thing. Yeah. And... Uh... Before we kind of get to the, this final little portion of our day, I just wanted to make sure, like as I'm looking out on, at all of us today, I know that there are hearts in a bunch of different places, right? There are hearts who are hearing this message and are bored. There are hearts that are hearing this message and are excited. There are hearts that are hearing this message and are fearful. There's all kinds of different hearts. 
Here's my encouragement to you. The scriptures make clear that our joy is made complete when we proclaim Jesus to others. If you're wondering, man, where has Jesus been? Like, I feel like he's so distant and so far away. If you're wondering, why have I not been joyful? Why have I been so feeling so suffocated? Perhaps Jesus is asking us to join him in the harvest field and say, hey, here, here's, here's who Jesus is. I, I think that it makes a real difference. And I can testify to you from experience that it is an extremely joyful thing, even when they reject you. <laughs> yes. It's extremely joyful. It's crazy, crazy how that works. Yeah, but it's like it's a miracle. It's like the Spirit of God working inside of you. Peter says, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed for the Spirit of God and of glory rests on you. I don't know about you, but I kind of want the Spirit of God and glory to rest on me <laughs> so that I better get out there for Jesus to proclaim him. And who cares how people respond? That's up to the Lord. Our job is to proclaim. One other short, tiny tip I want to give you, and that's for the in-between person. What if they're not ready to say yes, but they're not ready to say no? They're open, but they're not ready to believe you. What do we do with those people? I think you just say, hey, would you be willing to meet and have coffee? And let's open up the Bible together. Why don't you just discover what it has to say and, and see what you think over time? Open up the scriptures, go through some main stories in the Gospels, discuss it with them, and say this is who Jesus says he is, and have a journey with them. It's called the Discovery Bible Study. You, you just kind of, they get to discover who Jesus is over time if they're not quite ready yet. Absolutely. So at this time, I would just like to invite Dara to come up, and uh, she's going to begin to play. And as she plays, uh, if you could take out these cards that Pastor Steve gave to us, and... Uh, Grab a pen or a pencil. There should be a pencil maybe in the chair in front of you. And begin to write down a list of names. I completely affirm what Bless says with begin with prayer. Uh, you got to begin with prayer. And so um, start to write down a list. People in your life who don't know Jesus, who need to know Jesus. Coworkers, friends, family, whoever they might be. And don't excuse yourself from this, please. Please, everybody participate if you're able. Make a list. Might be a barista at the coffee shop you go to on the way to work. I mean, it, it could be anybody. Anybody. You might not know their name yet. So if you're like, I don't know their name. Barista at Starbucks. <laughs> I know who they are. Maybe God's compelling you. You need to get to know them.
writing down your names, feel free to take a few more minutes if you're still thinking and praying, Lord, who, who in my life do you want me to share with? Who in my life do you want me to love in action? Who in my life do you want me to share the good news, the great news with? Who are those people? Doesn't matter how old, how young, how close to you, how far from you, who are those people? And here's what we want to do this morning. I think there's power in making a declaration, making a commitment. We can see each other. We can pray for each other. And so if there's a name, just maybe starting with one name, you say, I want to commit to love this person, to pray for them, and to share Jesus with them somehow, whether a statement or just my transformation story of what God's done in my life, starting this week, some sometime in the next week or so, if you want to commit to sharing with that person, love for you just to stand and, and share that person's name out loud. So you might just say, hey, Kevin. That means you're going to share with a guy named Kevin. Stand up and say their name. That way others in this fellowship of believers can say, hey, I'm going to pray for that name you just said. So if you're willing to commit to say, hey, I'm going to labor for God's kingdom. I'm going to obey Jesus to preach the gospel to everyone. And I'm just going to start small. I'm just going to start with one person. I want to commit to that this morning. Would you one at a time just stand and share their name so it's a commitment of prayer before the Lord, before everyone here. Amen. Anyone else before we transition, before we pray? The, one of the greatest joys of the Christian life is sharing Jesus with the lost. It's absolutely incredible. So, uh, Dara is going to transition us into our final song for the day. And as she does, um, I would invite you to take one of those two sheets that you wrote down and put it in this basket. And this is, we're going to pray over the names in these baskets up here. And then we're also going to send them to our denomination. And at their denominational meeting, they will also be praying over all of these names. So um, take the second list and uh, just put it in there and uh, as we worship. And just at, as we transition to that, let's pray. Father, we praise you. We praise you for the opportunity that we get to be your hands and feet in this world. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name truly that you would empower us through your Holy Spirit, that you would give us eyes to see people, that you would give us ears to hear their stories, that you would give us ears to hear your voice when you're prompting us to, to see, stop, and spend time with somebody. Lord, I pray against the attack of the enemy. I pray against doubt. I pray against fear. I pray in Jesus' name that your kingdom would come, that we would see transformation in our community and our world because of what you're doing through us here right now today. We pray for more and more and more, more people who, who have a real relationship with you. Lord, please empower us. Give us the words to say. Give us feet that obey you, hands that, that go with you. Lord, we, 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 we want to be obedient, so please empower us to be obedient. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. 
take a moment to to pray over these lists. What a wonderful collection of not just cards, not just names, but people made in the image of God for whom Jesus died and was raised. And behind that, whatever kind of love you have for them. We'll pray for them, but also uh, we'll pray for ourselves, even as Nathan did. Pray that, that we have the very heart of Jesus to see as he sees and, and to, uh, to reach out with, with love, with boldness. The early Christians, uh, we looked at this a few weeks, several weeks ago in Acts 4, they were under persecution. They did not pray for protection. They prayed for boldness. Uh, let's pray for boldness. Uh, the founder of World Vision, maybe you've heard of him, Bob Pierce, he once had a dangerous prayer. He said, Lord, break my heart with the things that break your heart. It's a dangerous prayer. But he was blessed and became a blessing to countless people as an answer to that prayer. And, and maybe there's, there's one more way that you need to pray for yourself today. Uh, the church I served in Littleton for over 30 years, uh, we, we did this, a, a version of this every year. We saw many, many people sooner or later come to Jesus through those prayers and through reaching out uh, in these simple, practical ways of loving, caring for people, but then sharing the story. And, and there was one woman who, who started coming. Um, it's amazing she even showed up at all, but she uh, was kind of loved into the church by a group of women, a young woman who uh, hated, hated Christianity. Not just indifferent, she hated Christianity because she, as a child, was severely abused, and she had spent years and years in the occult, and uh, basically a kind of uh, Satan worshiper. Uh, like, like, like the, the guy that, and, and made this story prove to be his story as well in time. But she had never been loved like she was by these people. They want, these women wanted to be with her. They listened to her. They spent time with her. They began to, to, to share the story of Jesus. And, and she was open enough where one morning in worship, as we we're doing this very thing, uh, she, she made a list. Her couple brothers, terrible dysfunctional family, but she started making a list of, of people she, she knew were far from God. She got home and she realized, oh, there's another name that needs to be on this list. She put her own name at the top. And she began to pray. Some, somebody, had, well, I actually suggested, and she was still not totally open, I said, can you say this? Jesus, if, if you're real, would you make yourself known to me? And she said, I can, I can do that. She put her name on that list. 
A couple weeks later, she opened her heart to Jesus and a, a healing began in her broken life. And I don't know, maybe that's someone here. And today you would simply say, Jesus, I open my heart and life to you as Savior and Lord. Let's pray right now. Just pray whatever way you most need right now to that God would break through just an apathy maybe you have. We've all been there. A fear. Feeling overwhelmed. Did he take you where you are with excitement or anything else? Did he give you boldness? And would you ask him soon, even today, to show you what is the next step with at least one person on your list? Might be a simple email, a simple phone call. What, what is the next step? Ask him. I, th- I believe he'll, he'll give you a prompting. He'll show you. And then, Lord, I I do thank you for these lists, these names, each person listed. You know intimately, you know them better than they know themselves. And we do believe that you not only know them, but love them absolutely. Uh, We believe in various ways you're, you're working in their lives to draw them to yourself. You, you want to use us and others, Lord, seems to be the way you like to do it. But we ask, we ask in your holy name, Lord Jesus Christ, that soon every single person listed in, on these, these cards would be given a clear communication of who you are, what you've done, and what it would mean to place trust in you. And then would you draw them by your spirit to say yes, to become followers, to become disciples. And I I pray that for your glory, that, that in this next year, that at Grace Covenant Church, we would have the great privilege for your glory to see people who have taken that first step of following you and that we could praise God together and, and gladly welcome those in, into uh, this part of your family. But wherever they might end up, Lord, we pray that there would be uh, the fruit of changed lives through our prayers, through our practical care, and through our sharing of who you are. And these things we pray with, with thanksgiving, with expectation, with hope. In your name, risen Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, let me just say that, um, uh, well, first of all, thanks so much again to to Darren, Charlie. Blessings on you all. And uh, among other great resources, and I know these guys have all kinds of them, there's a a good book that's written, uh, the the two brothers who, who kind of devised this acronym have written a simple, practical, easy to read book called BLESS. And, and so I just encourage you, you could do this maybe with a friend, you could give each other mutual encouragement, suggestions, uh, shared prayer as you continue to reach out.
So just a, a consideration for you. Hey, let's all stand together as you go on your way. May you be filled with the blessing of our Lord Jesus Christ to be his blessing, to be blessers, uh, to be his representatives, sharing your life, sharing the good news of Christ. Amen. i